He was blessed with devoted friends, adoring fans, and loving siblings. He was famous for almost 50 years, a millionaire many times over, and the lover of countless women. Yet, Wilt Chamberlain died alone in his oversized bed. He outshone, without trying, most other sports stars and celebrities. He dominated every venue with his magnetic personality and presence. He intimidated by his size and his persona. Even among fellow professional athletes, his strength and athleticism are legendary. He moved six feet eight inch, 225 pound men like cups of coffee. He made the improbable look routine, as an observer wrote. Hall of Fame coach Alex Hannum considered himself not only one of the greatest athletes of his time, but of all time. His appetites were also the stuff of legend. He consumed enormous quantities of food and drink. Gargantuan, too, was his sex drive. He had insomnia for most of his adult life, but functioned well on little sleep. He often drove cross-country without stopping or sleeping. He always carried between $5,000 and $10,000 in cash. Who is going to rob me, he asked. He was a sharp businessman and negotiator, yet easy to take advantage of on matters he didn't care about. Until he was told, he didn't realize his pension was worth a million dollars. He achieved so much success and independence that he was able to rise each day and decide what he wanted to do and in what city or country and with whom he wanted to do it. He was charming, funny, loquacious, loyal, giving. He was also moody petty, and obnoxious, a real pain in the ass at times, according to his closest friends. Fondly recalling his idiosyncrasies and overwhelming personality, friends liked to imitate his unforgettable deep voice when he would begin a thought with, my man. He was a contrarian who rarely admitted to being wrong. The best his friends got was, you may be right, and that was usually days or weeks afterward. It was not easy being his friend, for he rarely returned phone calls, and he demanded the relationship be on his terms. Yet, in 1984, he flew from Los Angeles to Philadelphia and back in the same day just to approve the wife-to-be of his longtime friend and physician. He surrounded himself with the best legal, financial, and medical people, and the best in clothes, cars, and furnishings. He often said no one understood him as well as his lawyer of almost 40 years, Cy Goldberg. I didn't understand him, Goldberg said. There were demons in him I never understood. He had a diverse range of friends throughout the country. Most were not celebrities. One is a female firefighter. Another writes screenplays. One runs a resort. Another is a volleyball beach bum. One is the first black lieutenant governor in Colorado's history another a retired liquor salesman. He compartmentalized his friends. He didn't want them comparing notes. He relished having friends over for dinner, usually steak or turkey, always prepared by him. He was an excellent cook, as friends recall. Despite his wealth, there were no servants. He washed the dishes by hand. His sister Barbara was one of the few people he allowed near his kitchen. He knew a smattering of words in a dozen languages. He first learned to appreciate different cultures when, as a young man, he traveled through Europe with the Harlem Globetrotters, his favorite team. 
From then on, he never stopped traveling. Italy was his favorite country, although he never settled there. He moved to Los Angeles in 1968 and owned a condo in Hawaii during the 70s. In the mid-80s, he spent a lot of time in Vancouver, Canada, to which he spoke of moving. Late in his life, he lived a few months each year in Florida, particularly attracted to the young women of the Miami Beach bar scene. He loved to show off his extraordinary body and strength, and even as a young man appreciated the value of exercise and diet. He ran five miles almost every day the last 20 years of his life, until a deteriorating hip immobilized him. He never forgot he was black, but he wasn't obsessed with race. Most of his closest friends and all of his advisors were white, but he had black friends, some going back to childhood with whom he regularly talked.